The following is a special presentation from Cold Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Cold Sports special called WWE SummerSlam 2016. The breakdown is on, and the show is real. And now, for the host of Cole Sports, Cole Johnson. You, you all are too much. Thank you so much. Wow. Wow. I really am digging this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And welcome to Sports on Another Level, Cold Sports, SummerSlam. Now, I, I just did one just off the off the rip and off the cuff about four months ago for WrestleMania. And I was surprised at the response I got from it. And it was so passionate and strong. I said, well, why don't I do it for this one, too? Let's get right down to it, shall we? Now, there are 11 matches on this card. 11. Now, the, the first one. Let me get to this one really fast. You got Carmella, Becky Lynch, and Naomi on one side. You have Natalia, Eva Marie, and I'll talk about her in a second, and Alexa Bliss on the other. You automatically hear throw away. You automatically see throw away. I'm thinking this is pre-card because it just rings pre-cardish. And it definitely rings more so that for this reason, this whole setup was geared for Eva, Eva Marie to really have her coming out party, so to speak. They built the heat beautifully with her. In fact, this is probably one of the best heat buildups I think I've ever seen with a character new in quite some time. It was wonderful with the wardrobe malfunctions and, and the skirting of, of competition and, Doing run-in, so to speak, with her elaborate entrance and the entrance itself. I love the, I, I love the, the, the announcer. It's wonderful. But then she had to smoke the weed. Cause I'm thinking that's what it is. And she is now suspended for 30 days because she violated the wellness policy of the WWE. So there may be a replacement. I'll have some thoughts and ideas of that. And I'm thinking. Now I'm thinking it probably might be the return of Nikki Bella. It may be, but I think it would be for a higher profile purpose. But I would have said this match was tailor-made for Eva Marie to go over on Naomi, thus starting their feud. That isn't going to happen. So it would have to probably go to the next hottest talent or the next or, or the, the talent that seems to gather the most interest with the WWE universe. Right now, that is Becky Lynch. That actually might be a good thing for her. This might be a blessing in disguise. But this is going to be a whole hum match. The next one, on the other hand, not so much ho hum. Cesaro versus Sheamus, the first in a best of seven series. Now, the last time I remember a high profile best of seven series match, it was Booker T versus. <laughs> Uh, the, or otherwise the name that WWE doesn't want you to hear. 
Yes, the the one that won the main event to WrestleMania 20. Yes, him. That was such a great series that they actually wrestled one more time because it was so great. Hopefully this will have the same potential. What I'm hoping to see in this series is for Sheamus to sort of wake up from his business as usual type of style. Because, I mean, I like the fact he's hard hitting and I, I love the fact that he loves being the heel. That's a great thing. But his style doesn't lend itself to really be pleasing in terms of movesets or just how he moves around the ring. Conversely, you have Cesaro, who, to me, is the guy I love to see more than any other on the roster because he shows you feats of strength and he shows you feats of agility at the same time. And I'm like, okay, well, how in the world is this man not on the main event side of the card? He speaks six languages. He moves around the ring like it's like it's beautiful. Now, if this was a one-off, I'd probably say this is Cesaro's match to lose. But since this is the, the beginning of a best of seven, this one has to go to Sheamus. It, it just has to. Uh, because there has to be a time where you have to rebuild him. And he has to get off to a good start. Otherwise, I think people will not be invested in the series altogether. Now, oh, and speaking of matches that people really aren't invested in, The Miz with Maurice, his wife, versus Apollo Crews, or Yuha Nation, of course, for the Intercontinental Championship of the WWE. People really don't care about The Miz. I like him because I like the fact he could be irritating from, <laughs> from his entrance to his catchphrase, I'm The Miz and I'm awesome. I love the fact that the character just generates heat just by appearing. But when it comes to the in-ring stuff, he bores people. Now, to Yuha Nation, I mean to Apollo Crews. Here's a guy who is all action. He reminds me of, like, I hate to say it, like, it's the black version of Cesaro. He moves around well. He has a lot of strength. He has a whole ton of agility. He's more agile. He has a more agile move set than Cesaro. But he has a lot of strength, too. And... This has the potential to be really good. I just think people really don't care about him. It depends on how SmackDown sees Cruz. If they see him as someone who needs to have a taste of what the IC level is about, then the Miss is going to retain. So if this is SmackDown's way of saying that Cruz needs to have a taste of what the mid-card is about, then we'll see the Miz retain and we'll see more Miz TV. This match is for the Miz. And probably with some interference from Maurice. But that that is who's going to win it. I believe Miz is going to retain. And I hate to say it, not really entertain too many people while he does so. Well, that is my take on the pre-show. Coming up, of course, we're going to talk about the big matches, John Cena versus AJ Styles and Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton. But immediately following the break, we're going to talk about the first part of the main card, which has Rusev versus Roman Reigns and Enzo More and Big Cass versus Chris Jericho and Kevin. Come on back, Rhinos.
Co-Sports. Sports on another level can be seen and heard on the social media platforms. Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Like, rate, review to your heart's content. Most importantly, follow and subscribe to each and every one of these social media platforms. Cole Sports, the five-star show that is sports for the intelligent sportsman. Cold Sports at the end of this month, and as with every month, we're going to bring to you the worst of the worst, the lowest of the low. That's right. It's the return of Dolt of the Month. But we're dealing with SummerSlam. Enzo Amore, Big Cass versus Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. Here's what I like about this match. You have three and a half decent talkers. We really don't have Cass talking all that much, although I think he's pretty good on the mic himself. So you have three interesting promos, because Kevin Owens, I think, is one of the best psychologically sound heel promos that I think you will ever see. And then Jericho, who continuously redefines himself, and he continually redefines himself as both a face and a heel. You know, this, I hate to say it, this anti-Bon Jovi (laughs) gimmick that he has now, I think is wonderful. This sort of is a, a spinoff of what he did in 2005 when he was going for the WWE Championship against John Cena and basically helping helping Cena to become the guy in, in WWE at the time. He's more entertaining as a heel. He's just entertaining, period. But I'm glad to see him on the roster, though. And then on the other side, you have Big Cass, who is tailor-made to be a WWE main eventer in the way Vince McMahon likes them. Seven foot tall, about 300-ish pounds, maybe between 5 and 10% body fat, and actually can cut a decent promo. And then you have Enzo Lomori. Enzo is, to me, this generation's, and you're all going to hate me for saying this because people think of Dean Ambrose in this way, but I see Dean Ambrose as different. Enzo's this generation's Roddy Piper because... When I think of Roddy and his promos, he would just say things that make you say, where did he come up with that stuff? That's what I keep saying, saying with Enzo. It's like, wow. It's like, you can really talk your butt off. So that's what I like about this match. What I don't like about it is it gives off the appearance of, well, Enzo and Cass have nothing to do. Let's just throw them together in a match with somebody of quality and see if it sticks. And that is probably what's going to taint the potency of the match. Now, you got good workers in there. Cass is a really good worker. Owens is a great worker. Jericho, of course, is a phenomenal one. And Enzo is pretty much is going to be the bump machine. Now, I... I don't see them having a prolonged feud. I just see this being a one-offer. And we, who knows, we may see a a turn with Jericho and Owens. This might be when Owens turns face. Who knows? 
I doubt it, but it's a possibility. But what I do see is Cass and Amore going over on Jericho and Owens because I, I just don't see this feud lasting any further than SummerSlam. Well, let's go to the WWE Tag Team Championship match. The New Day versus the club, otherwise known as Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. What do I see? I see a really entertaining match here because you've got a team that wrestles strong style against two guys who wrestle, to put you in a minor TNA, they wrestle X Division-ish. The proper ending to this match, since the New Day has been the WWE Tag Team Champs for now a solid one year, the club has to become the new Tag Team Champs. I, I love the club. I love how uh, Anderson and Gallows work. They're funny, they're tough, they're bruising. They're, they're great to follow. I love them. Love them. From one championship match to another, this is the most anticipated match for me on the card. The boss, Sasha Banks, versus Ric Flair as a woman. I, I mean, Charlotte. <laughs> now, I, I shouldn't poke fun at that. Flair is my favorite wrestler of all time. And kudos to to Charlotte. She actually has done well in her time in, in WWE. She wrecked it in NXT. She's wrecking it now. Wonderful, wonderful stuff from her. And the 300-plus day reign, actually the reign longer than Nikki Bella's. It was quite impressive. The only unimpressive part about her was how she was playing herself as a face in the beginning of her, her title reign. But when she became a heel, it seemed as though that's when she took off and really became who she really is. And she does wonderful. Now, people talk ill about her her promo style. She'll probably learn how to flow a little better in promos as she gets older. But her in-ring stuff and what she does for promos is pretty good. Both. Both are pretty good. And then Sasha. What impressed me about Sasha is when Charlotte got a chance to work over on her knee. The cell job that Sasha had after and during the time that the figure eight was applied to her. That really impressed me. I'm like, wow. Because I was thinking, hmm, Sasha as a face. Now, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if the character can pull it off. I know the woman can pull it off because she's a sweetheart and a half. I don't know if the character can pull it off. And with that, she proved me wrong because she gathered a whole ton of sympathy from that. And on top of it, more heat was dumped upon Charlotte, which win-win. Win-win. That's exactly how you're supposed to execute it. Now, of course, the, the big draw of this match is Charlotte's lackey, Dana Brooke, banned from ringside. Now, this can go one of three ways. It could go Dana, Dana gets down to ringside and costs Charlotte the match. You can have the return of Ric Flair, and he can win the match for, for Sasha. I would prefer if none of those scenarios happened. I would like to see Sasha retain. But I'd like to see Bailey enter officially on the WWE roster and attack Sasha. Now, I know Bailey is the John Cena-ish type of character, but it would be cool to have a Doink the Clown type of uh, energy with da- Bailey. Because I, I think it's time for her to play a heel. And I know some of you would look at me and say, well, huh? Bailey heel? You don't know anything. Uh, fine. But I think it would be interesting. Two, two people who played themselves off as good friends and they both put forth great matches every time they go at it. Why not? 
So I see Sasha going over on Charlotte, but I see a twist there. Then there is Rusev with his wife, Lana, versus Roman Reigns for the WWE United States Championship. I'll say this for Roman. He's a great talent who needs to really learn how to cut promos and feel from the crowd. And I really think he needs to actually give the crowd back what the crowd gives him. I think a couple of well-placed sit out and shut your mouths, uh, another well-placed you wish you were me, but you're not. That's why you're there. Fat working a nine to five job. Jaws barely can move because you eat too much. Just a couple of well-placed heat magnet type comments, I think would set the audience straight. But you see Reigns, he just seems to be reined in. You just get the feeling Roman just wants to let free, but is not going to. Hence the, I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm the guy type of comment. This actually, to me, has been the most impressive buildup, most impressive program buildup to the to any of these matches of all of them. But Rusev is just so good with the U.S. championship. I really want to see him continue with that run. They need to build Rusev up to be an unbeatable champion. They really do. It, it's time that it, it's time that they need to build him up as such. The right move is for Rusev to win. And I hate to say it for Roman to lose clean. That's the right move. What I see, I see Rusev going over, but I see Lana costing Roman the match. It may not be exciting. And normally when you have two brutes that go at it, it normally isn't exciting unless, unless one of the other has talked people into the building and really neither one of them has. So this is going to be probably one of those, as JR used to say, bowling shoe ugly type matches. When I come back, four matches that will promise not to be bowling shoe ugly. The main event portion of the main card. Back in a moment. Join me as I take a little bit of Cold Sports the Podcast visually. Cold Sports presents On The Daily. Come and get a good look, a visual look at how the energy, the intelligence, the humor, and even the frivolity of Cold Sports looks before your very eyes. Cold Sports presents On The Daily, weekdays on YouTube. This week is going to be loaded chalk full of good stuff, along with the two main episodes of two regular episodes of Cold Sports. We're going to give you a post-Olympics show, a post-Olympics episode of Cold Sports. Tune in and enjoy. But that is for the future. For now, we are dealing with WWE SummerSlam 2016. And we are now to the main event-ish portion of the card. And let's start with the high-profile SmackDown match. John Cena 
versus AJ Styles. Now, of course, the program started back during this, back during the early summer with AJ turning on Cena after AJ's program for the WWE Championship with Reigns. Styles went over in their pay-per-view match in June. Cena, when they went three, uh, three on three, went over on AJ's team in July, which brings us to this one. The WWE has done these two a gross disservice. The buildup to this match has been absolutely lackluster. It's been poor. It's been horrendous. It's been horrible. The buildup to their match in June was a lot better than this one. And this is supposed to be a much bigger match because it's on a bigger stage. Now, what do I see in this match? I see John Cena going over. For one reason, AJ Styles already went over on Cena a couple months ago in a one-on-one. What I would like to see is I'd like to see Styles go over. And I think this is probably a time that Cena would need to take a break and get off TV for a while and then build Styles properly to be the next opponent for the next match I'm about to talk about. Dolph Ziggler versus Dean Ambrose for the WWE World Championship. Now, it's great to actually see two guys who is not WWE in look. Dean is tall enough, but Dean is not 300 pounds. He's not even 250. And Ziggler definitely is not 250. But it's been great to actually see how far Ziggler has come. Because, yes, I remember him as the cheerleader in the Spirit Squad 10 years ago. And he turned from that into what he is now. And it seems as if we're we're on the precipice of a heel turn for Ziggler. But you never know. Now for Dean. He's the right guy in the right place at the right time with the right gimmick doing it the right way. There seems to be no wrong buttons hitting with him. Everything he does is on target. Everything. His look, his promos, his in-ring ability. I mean, it just seems to be on the money right now. And yes, I could see Roddy Piper a little bit in Dean Ambrose too, but I don't see Piper in Ambrose as much as I see the Joker in him. I see Ambrose as being a Heath Ledger Joker type. He's not your normal good guy. He's maniacal in thought and in speech. He almost is borderline psychotic in, in, in plan and action, but the people eat it up. The people love it. And I love it. And I love him. Unless the WWE is planning to do an authority-ish type of angle where Ziggler gets backing from from Brian and from Shane and they turn heel along with them. This is going to be one of those show-stealing matches that Ziggler participates in and always comes up on the short end of the stick. Because really, that's what should happen. Ambrose is rolling so good right now. Why would they want to take the belt off of him? The next match... Finn Balor or the Demon King versus Seth Rollins, the man for the newly crowned WWE Universal Championship. Now, of course, the WWE World Championship reigns on SmackDown. This one is going to be the guy who runs Raw. And quite frankly, this has the potential to be the match that people talk about on this card. Balor has a Strong style feel to his to his style. He is definitely not averse to championships. He had almost 300 day reign as the NXT champion. And Rollins is familiar with with Balor. 
and he may be new, Balor, to the WWE side of the programming, but he definitely isn't new to wrestling. He's a very good guy. I love, I love how he strikes. I love how he paces matches. He seems to have a really good even flow to his stuff, and he seems to have a good way of getting the crowd in into it, energized, energetic, and and you need to have that in 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 the guys who you want to have at the main event part of the card. So I think right now they want to see if Balor translates as well in WWE as he did in NXT. I say he does, but not right now. The crowd may eat up Ambrose. But the guy who really is doing the best on the whole roster, period, is Seth Rollins. He has the look. He has the moveset. He has the promos. And he has the psychology. When he becomes a face, and yes, I will say that, when he becomes a face, he will be unquestionably the number one man on the roster, period. His moveset already screams babyface, but since he's a heel, he has proven that he actually makes a great one, and he just knows what to say to get a crowd to hate him, and that is what I love about him. Match of the night, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins. Your new WWE Universal Champion is going to be the man, Seth Rollins. Now, if they want to really go into the new direction, yes, Finn Balor should be the guy, but Rollins is just rolling so good right now. You got to see if Balor is main event worthy. Plus, you got so many who probably could challenge Rollins more than Balor. And I think if Balor gets the championship, he'll run to the similar issue that CM Punk did back in 2009, I believe, when he was the World Heavyweight Champion at Raw and almost nobody believed him to be championship credible. Not the fans, not the roster, not creative, not the execs. Nobody. And I think Balor would run into the same problem. Rush throw that new belt toward Rollins' direction. I think that's who will win it. And now for the main event of the evening. Brock Lesnar. With right now the greatest manager rolling today. Paul Heyman. Versus the returning Randy Orton. Their program was good as for what it could be. Considering one is on SmackDown, one is on Raw, and and they're playing it as if either side can't go to the other. Both really can't be considered baby faces. Both really can't be considered heels either. I see an entertaining match, but not entertaining enough to outdo Ballard Rollins or even Ambrose and Ziggler. Who needs the win more? Orton. Who will get the win, though? Brock Lesnar. 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 But now thank you for being on this journey with me in looking forward to WWE SummerSlam. And if you happen to like this episode or any special that I may do or this show may do, come follow me on my website, coldsports.com and on Facebook at Cold Sports. That's sports with a Z. You can also follow me on Twitter at Cole underscore sports. Cole underscore sports that sports with a Z to my friends up Northern Canada sports with a Z you can also follow me on the other social media platforms all under cold sports 
Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram. Like, follow, share, subscribe, review, rate, all to your heart's content, especially on iTunes. The subscriptions, the rates, and reviews help the profile of this show. The more eyes that see it, the more earlobes that hear it, the better this show gets. And I thank you for all comments that you give me. They boost this show and it helps this show become better. Because that's what it's about. But more important than the subscriptions, the race reviews, the likes, the shares, and the follows. I want you to enjoy the content. For the Intelligent Sportsman, I am Cole Johnson. And this is... Cold Sports, a Coleman Media production in association with the SDWV Network.